As educators, it doesn't matter what grade we teach, what subject we teach, or even where we teach. We're always looking for ideas to show kids the real-world careers awaiting them out there. On today's episode, we're going to chat with an educator who is taking part in a program in his country that provides resources that connect kids with STEM careers. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, educators, I'm so excited on today's episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. We get to chat with John Stanchik. He's an educator in San Antonio, Texas. He's working with high school students in science. He's been part of a United States Department of Defense STEM ambassador program that we're going to hear about. Now, you might be thinking, I'm not a high school teacher, or maybe I'm not in the United States. All those questions are going to be answered. And again, even if you're living somewhere else in the world, educators, there are so many governments, so many individuals individuals looking to find those ways to encourage STEM education at those younger grade levels to build up kids to be ready for all those types of careers that we need happening in in each of our countries. So uh, welcome to the show today, John. Thank you for having me. And yeah, thanks. And I'm so excited that you get to talk to us about some of that. But first off, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became a teacher and what you get to do right now. So um, I didn't necessarily start off thinking I was going to be a teacher. Uh, I actually went to school and studied engineering and yeah. graduated with a bachelor's in mechanical engineering uh, with a minor in nuclear engineering. Wow. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, kids are always impressed when you get to tell them, yeah, I played with the nuclear reactor and stuff like that. So <laughs> Wait, pause right here, John. And it, you know, for you as an educator to be able to bring some of those stories in, I mean, you've got that added benefit of, of all those career connections, right? Oh yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool to see kind of the, that really gets the conversation going. And, and, you know, that's kind of why I ended up coming into teaching after that was, you know, I, I did a lot of those cool things and part of it was I was able to do that because I had great foundation from my teachers in school. And I graduated in 2008, right when, you know, the economy was a little sour and Mm -hmm. it was a little tough going for, for engineers and stuff, but um, I, kind of was doing something where I was managing chemicals and, and dealing with chemical waste and it just wasn't for me. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll make the career change. And, yeah. uh, got into teaching 11 years ago and haven't looked back. We definitely got some challenges and stuff like that, but uh, right. regretted it. And it's really allowed me to do some cool things and really hopefully pave the way for some kids just like I was uh, myself. Yeah. Well, I can imagine, John, that, that you know, from handling, you know, chemical and, and nuclear, you know, material, working with kids is a whole lot easier than that, right? Uh, sometimes. They're both pretty volatile. <laughs> so, and and I'm thinking too, uh, you know, if, if an educator is thinking to themselves, yeah, John's got this great story. You know, he was, he was in engineering, but I don't, I don't have that kind of perspective, those, those connections, those things that I can say, yeah, kids, you need to learn this stuff because you could use it for these careers. You know, start asking around, looking around, what kind of people are in your community, your neighborhood, you know, your, your parents of your school to bring some of those uh, connections into your classrooms. For sure. I mean, there's people all around. I mean, that is one thing about the DOD STEM ambassador program. We can hit on a little bit more of that later. Um, but they're, you know, really trying to get that community outreach as well and yeah. get people 
those resources. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, thinking too, John, about how you transfer, you know, some of those things that you've seen in industry, and then bringing those into your classroom, you know, how how did your degree as something in STEM, how does that support your teaching? How does that make you a better teacher being able to create projects and things like that for your kids? So, well, first and foremost, uh, problem solver, right? I mean, engineering in school and, and really a lot of math and science is just about solving problems. Yeah. And uh, let's face it, you know, a lot of educators, you have different problems every day. So trying to be able to analyze with what data you're given or, you know, just constraints and come up with the best solutions possible is always, a, but, you know, that's part of the job. And, mm-hmm. you know, as far as into the classroom with the kids, it's, it's you know, finding the things that they're interested in and, and, and really bringing that into the classroom. You know, the kids that play sports, Physics in particular, one of the reasons why I love physics is being able to do those types of things, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, football and collisions or throwing a football, baseball, you know, all those fun things with projectiles, Um, you know, we're doing circuits. So really, you know, getting to play with them and and showing students all the stuff they do with circuits and they don't even know it and have an understanding of how things work so they can protect things is, is, is important. Yeah, all those things happening inside their cell phone as they're just scrolling along, you know, mm-hmm. those are those are run by circuits, both, you know, larger circuits yeah. to, to power it, but also those tiny circuits inside those microchips. Mm-hmm. And so even going a little bit deeper uh, before, you know, right now I'm just teaching physics, but before that I taught math. So one of the things I did was I kind of piggyback off of uh, one of our a colleague the year before she had done a stats lesson with the kids where they analyzed why the basketball player won MVP. Um, Mm -hmm. So they looked at stats and did some of those things. So I actually kind of created my own project the following year where we uh, had the kids pick like a fantasy football team um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of broke down, you know, some of the fun ways that you can use all those stats to make something relevant for the kids. And they they enjoyed it. In fact, after that year, they kind of formed their own uh, league teams and stuff like that and played a little bit of fantasy football. So it was uh, fun and we made a class competition. So whoever did the best, um, (laughs) <laughs> ended up uh you know getting some prize for me and everything else and yeah. so it was a it was a lot of fun and That's... then like i said i've also even taught engineering classes and mm. helping those kids get prepared for the next level in engineering is is you know was also a thing that i wanted to do and it's been nice to be able to do that okay so right right there john i mean a lot of younger teachers a lot of elementary teachers even middle school teachers they're they're trying to integrate more of that engineering concepts in there they're a lot of them are using that that engineering design process for you as that experienced engineer i mean that's definitely a a great first start right for sure and and you know just letting them kind of challenge it and you know just doing little fun things it doesn't have to be something difficult um but anytime you can you know pose that problem the kids kind of play around with it is great yeah and and trying to just get those kids like you said just like you started at the beginning you said problem solving getting the kids to try something it's not going to work right the first time try it again you know try it from a different angle engineers are doing that each and every day to to improve upon products make things better in our world and um, and then to be able to bring those things into our classroom through some of those authentic projects are, are great now now you just shared a bunch of projects you're you're you've worked on and you got any projects that you've tried with kids that that failed uh, because I know a lot of educators you try something you hope it's gonna work it doesn't work out right but we we need those stories of knowing that even someone like you John as an engineer something doesn't work right. Oh yeah, that that happens more often than you'd think, and you know it. So every year, like even though if, even if it's a project that I've done three or four times, five, six, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm always looking for ways to tweak it and improve it. But yeah, there's lots of projects that you know we did it one year. It's like yeah, I didn't like that very much, and 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 
you know, just kind of scrapped it. Yeah. One, I probably have had more, you know, a few more successes, but not many more than the failures. Right. And, and kids, they learn from that as well. And, and, and that's what, that's what they need to see as part of that engineer design process mm-hmm. as well. Engineers are, are facing those failures every day. In fact, here we are recording this episode and I'm, I'm looking across my classroom at one of my 3d printers and whatever it was printing isn't printing right. And, and I know that failure, I'm going to have to go up, start it over, you know, later on, as soon as we finish recording, but those things happen every day and educators, we need to be reminded of that. And that's, that's quite all right. The kids see that, be honest with those things. Now, uh, John, again, we're chatting with John Stanchik, a teacher from San Antonio, Texas. You got involved with this Department of Defense in the United States STEM ambassador program. And, and can you just give us kind of a little bit of the, the nuts and bolts of, of how this, this program works? Sure. So the STEM ambassador program, they say it's for a year, but really they're trying to do more than just that. It, it's it's a relatively new program put out by the Department of Defense um, and their Secretary of Education group. Mm-hmm. But realistically, what it is, is they're really trying to get information out about all the resources that are available to teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, they've got a lot of sister organizations or partner organizations. And that's kind of how I kind of got into the program was mainly through my partner organization, which was the National Math and Science Initiative. Mm-hmm. And NIMSI, for short, um, basically came to our school um, and our district and provided a lot of resources. They did some teacher training. They did some facilitation with admin, um, got us a little bit of you know, equipment for the classroom. Like there was so much stuff. I don't even know kind of what all we got mm-hmm. uh, from that program. And then through them, there was kind of this opportunity for this DOD STEM ambassador Mm-hmm. Uh, and I applied for that position, got it. And so now the work is kind of shifted to continuing to get information out from all the other partners and all the things that are, like I said, tons of stuff on that ranges from everywhere, pre-K all the way up through college. But the resources out there are incredible. And many times they haven't really been used. So yeah. it's really just a way of like, hey, how can we help get information out there so we can all help each other? Yep. And educators, if you're listening and you're thinking, boy, that sounds like some great information, uh, head to dodstem.us. You're going to find tons of resources, uh, information, opportunities, all different things. Explore. There's there's things about different STEM careers you can click on from space to robotics to environmental science to computer science and cyber, which are, are, are really uh, a shortage of people in those industries right now. And that's why I think a lot of Groups like this, whether it's United States or, or any other country of the world, they're looking, how do we get those educators to have the resources, like you said, to build up some of those kids to to do and fill some of these careers in our countries? For sure. And like I said, that website you just gave, that's like a starting point. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, all these other partner organizations have other resources and stuff, too, that mm-hmm. they're they're looking to share. And I do also know one more thing that's kind of being pushed or trying to develop a better one of is what they call a STEM ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, yep. just another way to kind of get in touch with local people um, in the STEM community and help make things make things easier and make things better. And we'll get that link into the show notes as well so that educators can find that, click on that and, and check out all that great information. Now, I mean, for you as an educator who already knows a lot about engineering, you're still looking, you're always looking for resources. So so what have been some of the some of the stuff that you've been able to to use to find as a result of of this DOD STEM program? So a couple things come real quick to mind. Um, first thing was internships. In fact, I had a colleague at another school reach out to me and said, hey, do you have anyone who might be interested in or anyone who knows of an engineering internship? 
And I immediately pointed her to that website. And because I looked at it and there were, like I said, number of internships across the board in different areas. Just because it says like army or something like that. Remember, the army does a lot of uh, civilian contractors and stuff. So you don't have to join just to just to mm -hmm. be a part of it. But again, just get, getting the kids interested. That was that was one, the internship page. And, and there's internships. I saw some even down at the middle school level. So mm -hmm. good ways to get kids in the door early. If I can pause right there, you know, I'm, I'm clicking on, on all these different things on the website. So clicking on the participate and opportunities tab, the second one down is STEM to space and it pairs Space Force guardians with with classrooms to share the importance of STEM and space and, and STEM career opportunities. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's just so many different types of those links and connections and resources. So just looking for some of those things by poking around on that on that website, dodstem.us, you're going to find some great stuff. Whether you're in the United States or not, there's still a wealth of information. And so another good one that came across was actually through NIMSI, you know, and our work with them, but doing one of the conferences that they had kind of put in place for us to attend got me a great lab. Uh, one lab in particular that I just did that the kids really enjoyed because those are the things I'm looking for in particular, the labs that are fun and, and mm -hmm. getting the kids in, engaged and a little competitive from time to time because I like to throw that in there. They just, you know, yeah. those are the things that hopefully we can get the to stick with the kids and it'll yeah. carry them a lot farther and they'll remember those things and keep that interest and yeah snowballs. yeah that's awesome and again you can also check box to search by grades k to five six to eight nine to twelve as well so um there's so many resources out there like that and and for us as educators the more that we can we can try to make those things real and relevant for the kids it's not just something that we're we're talking about in class but this content leads to those opportunities those careers out there you know thinking about the mission of of this program and, and programs like it, it really is about trying to get those kids inspired through some of these, like you said, a, a hands-on lab or an internship and things like that. Yeah. And and some of these, you know, sometimes we know, I know your background is, is science and, and math and nothing's necessarily the easiest, but for whatever reason, you know, math and engineering in particular has very few people that pursue that route. You know, it's one of those, how, is it a lack of interest or is it a lack of ability? Uh, you know, it, that's kind of debatable one way or the other, but hopefully mm -hmm. if we get more kids involved and, and thinking that they can do it because they mm -hmm. can, um, yeah. who knows what we'll be able to achieve at that point. Right. And like we were talking about earlier, John, I mean, as we demonstrate our willingness to fail, trying something that doesn't work out right and showing kids, hey, yeah, you can make a mistake. Some things can go wrong. And instead of it working like we hoped it to work, that's just another step on that engineering design process towards towards a better solution in the future. Mm -hmm. Those kids are going to stop saying, I'm no good at math because I screwed up. I'm no good at science because everything went wrong. They're going to realize that that's part of the process. And and some of that's just having a little bit of grit, right? That yeah. stick-to-itiveness because everyone's going to hit the wall, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, somewhere, you're going to hit a wall and just being able to kind of persevere through that. Mm -hmm. It's great. And if we can start preaching that or getting that built up through some of these experiences and, you know, it's a good thing. My mm -hmm. freshman just actually did a transfer of energy lab where we kind of suspended a golf ball from the kind of treated it as a pendulum and yep. cut it at the bottom. So it went from, you know, potential energy to kinetic energy and then to a projectile. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to hit a target. And I told them if they hit the target in the bullseye, they didn't have to do a write up or anything like that. So, but <laughs> Uh, on the first attempt anyway. But, you know, I had kids after that first one, even though they weren't close, they tried three, four, five times because they wanted to hit the bullseye. And wow. so just doing, finding projects and stuff like that or labs where the kids 
want to go all for it is that that's constantly what I'm personally looking for to give to my kids in my class. That's awesome, John. I'm I'm trying to picture that now in my head. I'm thinking of a golf ball kind of swinging back and forth like a like a pendulum, almost like thing moving back and forth in a clock. And and I'm I'm assuming you kind of cut it at some point as it's swinging, yes. right? Um, we I don't let the kids hold it, but um, a razor blade kind of attached like a meter stick and stuff. Yeah, and you know gets cut and it right there at the bottom because you just suspend it from like some thread. Yep. And goes right through, and um, it doesn't really stop it. And so, wow, you know, an okay size target, or you know, you can shoot it into a cup and everything else. I got to admit, that wasn't my lab, but you know, again, part of all this, right? Is we teachers, we we don't mind sharing things, we don't mind kind of borrowing things or tweaking yeah. them to our own, and and hopefully yeah. that's kind of what some of the STEM master program and and all these things are going to try and do is, you know, we all have our own teaching styles um, and mm-hmm. things that we like to do, things that we're good at things we want to improve on and just kind of setting those things up in place so we can choose what we need to, what we think will work for us at that particular time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm imagining, I mean, you're using that in a high school science level classroom, John, but I can imagine, I mean, that'd be a great demonstration in front of even, even a kindergarten, first, second grade class. So Mm -hmm. those, those concepts, they're not being talked at in depth at that level, but those are building upon and building up to, to all the things that they'll do off in the future. So uh, so you joined this role as as an ambassador. So if an educator starts poking on the website, starts realizing, hey, there's a lot of great stuff on this DoD STEM.us website. I like it. I'm using it. You know, what's what's that process of becoming an ambassador to help others find out about it? So there should be an application process. I want to say it's coming up not too far away, a couple of months, um, okay. but it's an application process. And I think normally it kind of comes through one of the partner organizations, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure it has to be apply and, and see what happens right now. There's only about 20 or 30 of us per year, but it's something that is, like I said, it's a year commitment. There is some, some perks that come with that as well. A little bit of funding, mm-hmm. some money for your classroom stuff. I get a little bit of a personal stipend as well, but yeah. And all these resources, um, I'll carry it well after the year to, you know, share the resources that Nimsy helped or gave us and the things that I use in that from Nimsy. And then also from the DOD, ambassador program it's not just for people who've been there or you know your immediate people like i said i'm sharing with people across across schools and across the nation to just be like go oh, check it out and hopefully yep. find, find something for you yep and again educators we got that dod stem.us link in the show notes so you can go there check it out and yeah look for that information about when those sign up dates are for if you're interested in being one of those ambassadors and, and being able to do even more uh, and get, again, like some resources extra for your classroom like John did. Hey, John, uh, I love asking teachers especially, you know, what do you hope about the future of STEM education as as it starts to move past that buzzword stage? You know, what do you, what are you hoping to see STEM education look like as we go forward in the future? Well, I mean, we got some big problems, right? Not just locally and within our country, but worldwide. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how all this work that we're doing will hopefully set people up to to tackle some of those problems, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make things a lot easier or better for everyone involved. And so that that's kind of the exciting thing is to see where this goes. And, and you know, from a little bit of a personal standpoint, like we mentioned, the little grit and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the ability to solve problems. I mean, yeah. as we know, every you're going to encounter problems all the time. So knowing how to solve them can make things a lot easier just in general. So, yeah. 
And again, bringing that hands-on piece in, like you talked about earlier too, that just just really helps the kids with those types of things. And and that that hands-on aspect is how a lot of those problems in our world do get mm-hmm. solved. So, and uh, again, science sometimes it's just a mistake. Oh, we were trying to do something else, and we. No, no, we found something that actually works that we weren't intending. Yeah. In fact, that's a great thing for educators to have kids look up. What are what are some mistakes that happened that uh, created amazing things in our in our world today? So, so John, I want to just thank you again for for sharing all these things. So many great resources and and just also just I think that reminder for so many educators that even if you're that engineer that's coming from industry. It's great that you've got all those stories, but you know we still make mistakes. We still uh, struggle to try to find those things and make them happen every time. So if it doesn't work, keep on trying something else because it might work that that second time. But John, any any other last thoughts for for all the educators listening today? No, just hopefully we all keep fighting the good fight and you know trying to do the best we can, and hopefully you know everything will work itself out in the end, right? Yeah, exactly. And and again, that's one of the great parts about STEM education. We can we can help the kids uh, to be able to make that better future. So John Stanchik, teacher in San Antonio, Texas, really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And, and thank you for telling us today about uh, the United States Department of Defense uh, STEM ambassador program. And thank you very much. Uh, if you want to connect with John, if you want to find out more about the DOD STEM program or check with your uh, government in your country, see if there's some programs going on. And if there isn't, find somebody, find a legislator, find somebody in, in government and, and suggest some of those things because there are programs like these uh, worldwide. We see the need to help more kids get excited about STEM education. If you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. I'm always happy to help. And until next time, keep up the great work, educators. We're doing the most important job, inspiring those kids to do something great in their world.